up on Alex speaking in Danish after Denmark won the world championship last year and me in Swedish after Sweden won the Euro this year 20 years they waited and the wait is over now Brian Campion here alongside me Chris O'Reilly and still in isolation is our very own <laughs> Kantan Mahé Alex Kulash how are you, Chris? I've worn my yellow jersey to celebrate the Swedish victory, so I hope uh, some of our Danish fans don't don't hold that against me. No, I'm sure they won't. And, well, Denmark had the chances in this, but what a dramatic way to finish this tournament. I think the whole final weekend was just drama after drama, from the fifth, sixth place place and match between Norway and Iceland all the way to the final. And Niklas Ekberg who played a grand total of 1 minute and 20 seconds for all of his penalties. That was his combined total on the court. And in the end, he was joint top scorer and scored the match-winning goal. Did anyone have any doubt on your minds when he stepped up to take that that he wouldn't score? No. And I think also the Spanish team, you look at them on the bench before he even took the penalty. They were just completely dejected and it was almost like they knew he wasn't going to miss and it is a great story it's someone like Nicholas Ekberg as well who he's kind of maybe slowly drifting on the outside a little bit on this, in the Swedish team mm-hmm. but he can still step up and deliver from the penalty spot and you gotta you gotta be happy for the boys in yellow yeah that's it now we're gonna go through a little reflection of the games today we'll go through the all-star team which we spoke about at length with the nominees we're just gonna go through that quickly because there are some real awards to dish out tonight. That's right, it's the Uninformed Handball Hours Alternative Awards, which uh, is always a nice way to end the championship. It's become a little tradition of ours now. And uh, we've all made some nominees for each category. We're gonna explain some of the categories as well because they may not at first glance make any sense, but it'll all become clear as the episode goes on. And uh, as we reveal them as well, we want to get your nominations and your reflections on the games today. And I know it's going to be tough for Brian to give any like clear reflections because he was running around like a headless chicken for the entire final day, up at the top of the arena, down at, quite literally at the bottom, filming people's shoes. Uh, but you were there and you, you got a feel for it. So maybe you can be the one to dish out some of the questions here for, for us on, on how we saw the game. Yes, yeah, so I have a general idea of what happened roughly. As you right. said, I'm doing a lot of filming, so it's kind of <laughs> tough sometimes to know exactly what was going on. But the feeling I got within the first half in it that it was fairly level pegging. And I think, Alex, maybe we start with you. What was your impression of the first half? Of who, was, who looked stronger in those first 30 minutes? I, I think actually Spain started um, stronger, which surprised me a little bit. Um, 
And it was really Palika coming through with some really big saves at the start that kept Sweden in it um, for the first 15 minutes. But overall, the game was so equal. There was nothing between them at all. Um, both teams are incredibly prepared for each other. Both defenses were incredibly pre- prepared for the other team. So they basically, both teams got nothing from the backcourt players because the defenses were on that. They made sure to stop that. But that left gaps on the line, on the wing, and a little bit on the fast break. And that, that made it a really exciting game. Yeah, the line player issue was super interesting for me. And particularly because both teams were very good at using second line players. We talked about Sweden, or Sweden being particularly strong at that, but it was Spain who really used it brilliantly with the likes of Angel Fernandez coming in and sneaking in a bunch of times. And I think if you asked me a few days ago if that was going to be the case, I would say Sweden will happily take that because Adria Figueroa was having a terrible tournament. Like, yes, he was nominated for the All-Star team, but I checked his stats just before the game. He was in the 50% mark for a line player uh, in terms of scoring that's not good at all but then he decided to have an absolute stormer and couldn't miss anything and it was a brilliant battle that emerged between him and oscar bergendahl the two main line players for the teams and uh, yeah it really forced both teams to think outside the box in terms of how they were going to get their goals and uh, i really like that it, it made for you know, both teams also slowing down the game, which I thought we expected would happen. I think they were they pretty much both were equally slow throughout the entire game. And it was more a case of, yeah, we both fancy our chances in this situation. Uh, I think that in the first half, Sweden were better. Mm-hmm. Um, they went, uh, they were a goal down, right, at halftime? Correct. Yeah, yeah, they were a goal down at halftime. And, uh, but I thought they were the better team. But Spain managed... A, in the last few minutes of the first half to do what they always seem to do and just like grab a few easy goals. It was a great back and forth towards the, the end of the half and then uh, and Spain nicked ahead. Absolutely, yeah. Just uh, some chats coming through there. <clears throat> just like to point out that uh, we have Dr. Handball in the chat today. So uh, if you want to get on and have a bit of banter with Dr. Handball, that's Marcio Mamino in there. We also have Jacopo, an old friend of ours. Uh, yeah. saying hello. Cheers, Jacopo. And uh, yeah, so going into halftime, you think Sweden maybe had the upper hand. Alex, you think you, you think Spain had the better half. What then changed in the second half, or did anything change in the second half? Was it a carbon copy of the first, or did you notice anything different? Again, it was just, it was completely equal, and I think that that was the story of the game. No team really got any upper hand at any stage. The only difference was that. Uh, Spain were uh, sorry, Sweden were able to force a few technical mistakes from Sweden, and get a few steals, get a few more fast breaks, which and uh, I think one or two empty goal, um, empty net goals, uh, which helped them a little bit. But Spain just stuck there and they they weren't going to let it go. So that we talked about before the game today, we're talking about the. Uh, on our little private uh, WhatsApp group, mm-hmm. we were talking about how fluid sometimes this Spanish backcourt is. And Canielas obviously had a huge game the last game. But you were talking about, you were very impressed <laughs> with Tarafeta today. Yeah. His performance. Yeah, in the second half, he really took control. He was the big danger uh, for Spain in that second half. He was the only one who really looked confident 
in his shooting. And really, there was nobody else. I mean, Makeda popped up with one goal. I think he had two shots. Um, Kaneas, the same, right? And he had that terrible miss right towards the end. And, um, you know, Sarmiento just kept passing the ball and Gerbindo as well. So really, there was nobody else in that backcourt that really pushed it. And it was funny because both teams, when they really get the ball moving, they can be super dangerous. But both teams seem to be particularly nervous about giving the ball away, particularly when they're in man-up situations, when the other team had a two-minute suspension. And there was one time Sweet as a Sweden had a six-on-four. Then the second half, when they're six-on-five, they were so concerned about playing the right pass that they stopped moving. And then in the end, there was an attacker foul. And it was the same for Spain, where they gave the ball away. Hampus Havana went to the break, uh, stole the ball and scored an easy goal. Uh, and so, yeah, it was both, both teams seemed to get into each other's head a lot uh, and prevent them from really getting going. So you said there, there was not a lot of technical errors from the Spanish for a long time. That, but they also weren't producing too much. And uh, yeah, sometimes they just forced, I mean, they created stuff on the line, which was good. Um, in the end, though, I think the main difference was the, the battle of the goalkeepers, obviously, but then the battle of the center blocks. And um, Iñaki Pizzinha, I think, had a horrible game. He really was, he was exposed. And I don't think this is a horrible player, but I think it's a similar situation to what happened to Carl Cornan in the semifinal with Ian Gottfriedson. He's just going to hammer at the door over and over and over again. And he wasn't the only one. They, they, they spread it a lot. But uh, Patinia made a load of mistakes, gave away two or three penalties, uh, got a silly suspension for um, being an eighth man in, in, on the court. And so I think he, he was a real weak spot for a team that is usually renowned for being so solid in defense. Sweden only scored five goals from all of their backcourt players. Jim Gofferson got three, uh, sorry, six goals in total. Claire got two, and Lagergren got one. Uh, it was, I mean, it was uh, just nothing uh, Carlsberg, from Carlsberg got two. Carlsberg, uh, okay. <laughs> Alex, cool facts coming up here. <laughs> but, but eight goals eight, yeah. from the backcourt. Jim Gofferson got more than that in the semi-final himself. So it was this just absolute battle. And uh, I just loved the, the gaps that appeared. And I think my favorite period was when um, I think five goals straight were scored between Oscar Bergendahl and Ian Tarafetta. Mm. And looking at that, you're just like, no one knew who these people were a, a couple of weeks ago. No one expected anything. And these two players are lighting up the final. So it, it was really a, a game, a team game uh, from both um, squads today. And again, absolutely nothing in it comes down to Canaeus basically having a bit of a nightmare 20 seconds. Yeah. And that, that's it. That, that's the difference between the two. A player who has had an incredible tournament, a player who you probably want to give the ball in these situations, he turned it over with 20 seconds to go. And then can the see the penalty. History, yeah. I, I just want to say, because I said it to Brian at, at dinner just before we did this, uh, I said it in the commentary as well, with the backcourt lineup of Sarmiento, Gurbindo, and Caneras. 
first of all, I was kind of irritated that, uh, that Ian was not in the backcourt. But I was like, okay, these three guys, they could, they could keep passing the ball to each other for four hours with their eyes closed <laughs> and not drop it. I mean, uh, this, is, this is the feeling you get with them. And I was like, the three wily old boys, that, this, is the, this is the guys you want. And then about four seconds later, I was like, no, what has he done? <laughs> and like, that is a huge mistake. And it was an interesting, I mean, looking at the replay of it then, you could see it was what Spain were doing the whole championship, basically. The whole final few minutes of every game, they wait, they look for the contact, they then do something because they expect no matter what happens, we're going to get the free throw over and over again. And that it was contact on Canelas, but the referees let him play on, landed on both feet, was completely free, and then took this. I, not even a shot. Like, <laughs> took whatever he did. And then I think only realized afterwards, like, oh, wait, nobody was actually touching me there. <laughs> there's no, and there's no, no chance I can get a free throw here. And then it was Kineas who gave away the penalty. The slightest of touches as Lagergren went through. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I think just before we, we talk about that, you translated the, uh, the timeout from Jim Gottfriedsen, which, uh, which was brilliant. But we've been talking about it the whole championship and Brian has been there beside Ian for a lot of those timeouts where he takes full control of the last few seconds, takes control of the last timeout. And in this case, he took control of the biggest timeout of the whole tournament with the last attack and the championship on the line. And I translated the quote, but there's also a part of it which um, I, I didn't post, which at the very start of it, Solberg comes up and goes, oh, should we go seven on six? Ian's just like, nah, nah, go away, Glenn. I told him to go away. We're not doing seven on six. We go German right, Danish left. He points at Oscar Bergendahl on to say, you will not let him go with your fucking life. And now we will become European championship. Uh, European champions. <laughs> and... Um, yeah. That's what they did. Oscar Bergdahl on the line made the block, made sure that um, the defender didn't come around, made the space for. Should we see it? Uh, yeah, we see it happen. Can we, we see it? We have the highlights ready to go. Clemens <laughs> is working it. magic as as we're going. Let's listen to the. Well, we don't have to listen to it because it's me. Let's watch the highlights. <laughs> so you got the full highlights here. Yeah, good three minutes of it. Right? You don't know? All right, let's see. <laughs> Jim Gottfriedson starting every game as Jim Gottfriedson does with the standing, standing shot. shot yeah. Absolute rocket. We were talking about this in the, on the card on the way over, Alex. Do you think he was better? Do you think this is his best we've ever seen him in an international tournament? Even though he's won MVP a few times now. Oh, that's a that's a tough one, um, because I don't think he's had as amazing a full tournament um, as we've seen before. I think even in the last World Championship, um, I think he was probably better. He he had more control, but um, just a semi-final game. I think that's the best game Jim Gottfriedson has ever played. So. Today, Spain didn't he just really, keeps getting better. They didn't let him play in the same way, but he still like 
you know, that created the opportunities for other people. He still had, what, seven assists? Three goals from five and seven assists. I think that, that yeah. says a lot about, you know, he forced it to happen uh, at the end. This is McKay to go seven seconds before that. I said he hasn't had a shot yet. A bit quiet. <laughs> like the opposite commentator curse. Uh, that was that was such a risky shot. Mm. I really thought that was going to go over. This was brilliant. The, the gap here, Vanna to shoot into. There's nothing, nothing to shoot into. Look at the tiny gap he's given. And he finds oh, it. unbelievable. We talked about the, the, the keeper battles, Alex. So who, who would you give? Well, obviously, I think, would you give Palika the second half? Or, I mean, where, or where, where did you see the seesaw of that, that battle? That was, that was incredible. incredible. So lucky. Yeah. Was that a, was that a <laughs> No, it was like pure yeah, no. Slipped out of his hands. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, just Palika made the more difficult saves, mm. and I think Gonzalo Perez de Vargas made the more of the simple saves. Yeah. And I think, in terms of morale, whenever Palika makes a save, it's incredible. It yeah, I think when you compare it to Perez de Vargas's semi-final performance, uh, he kind of really had Denmark in his pocket and psychologically kind of damaged Denmark's, especially left wing, a lot more. I don't think he had quite the same impact today on their morale going forward. What did you make of the penalty? Do you think it was a, do you think it was a good penalty decision? The decision? Mm. Um, I, I think it was a penalty. Yeah. Um, I think he was through and there's contact. Um, yeah, it, it, the contact prevented him from being able to shoot because it shifted his whole body position. So, I mean, what else can you do? I think the referees did a very good job. Yeah. I, I was behind the confetti there at the end, and I got absolutely covered, and uh, a lot of confetti. <laughs> that, was the that was the most confetti I think I've ever seen yeah. in the championship. Yeah. High confetti rate. Yeah. What, what do you expect from the Hungarians, though? They, they go yeah. all out. They're going all out, yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, but but so. what do you think of the actual penalty um, taken by Nicholas Ekberg? That was incredible, wasn't what it? What is it about those last-second penalties that as long as you put it over the goalkeeper's head, it's going to go in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Interesting. It's a mind have, game, right? We have, to talk, we have to talk to some goalkeepers about that. Why do you always drop down? When it's late in the game. But it, yeah. But, like, it's a I mind think, game. And in the well, I, I think probably would look like, psychologically, I think you, you, would look like you, you want to commit. A, you, you would just look like such a doofus if you just stood there with the exactly, hands yeah, above exactly, your head. Yeah. 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 Like, you have to do something. Yeah. You have to commit, and then you end up diving. And and I guess it's the same way as in football that uh, the little chips into the, the dinks into the middle of the goal work so well in these situations because the goalkeeper is gonna make is gonna make a decision and a big dive movement, one, yeah. dive somewhere because mm. uh, they need to cover something. Uh, interesting. Have to look into that more. Uh, anything else on the the game itself? I mean, there was such fine margins. Like we, I think we went into some of them there. Like it's hard right afterwards to. To look at it even deeper, I think both teams are really effective in the chances they had. Really difficult to get chances, but really effective. Andreas Palika, like you said, I think he had 11 saves, 31%. Not a huge percentage rate, but it was about the saves he did make. The kind of saves he made that made a, a real big difference there. Before we move on to the next topic, uh, where would you rank that now in terms of Euro finals? 
or what would you get? Let me say, maybe we start with give it a score out of 10 in terms of Euro finals that you've seen. Oh. The men's side, anyway. Yeah, just run the men's side. Because I've been to everyone since 2014. 2014 was a blowout. Mm. France destroyed the host Denmark. Yeah. 2016 was the worst game of handball of all time. <laughs> when, when Germany beat Spain. 2018 was a good comeback from Spain, but then it was a bit of a blowout, a six-goal win. Uh, 2020 sure. was, was fairly good, but it kind of paled in comparison to the semifinals. And in the end, Spain dragged out a win. So I think it's been the best. The, the, men's, <laughs> the men's Euro finals that I've been at, that was the best one. Yeah. yeah. Alex? I think it's a solid 7.5 for yeah. me. I because of the drama. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> didn't give a number. 8.1. 8. 8. 1. 8. 1. <laughs> Not 8.0, no? I think, no. <laughs> I, I think you love the drama, uh, but the, you know, it was a really tight game and it, it wasn't as uh, free-flowing as the uh, semi-final between Sweden mm. and France, for example. Yeah, I will say this. I think Andreas Palika is probably every video editor's dream because uh, I'm not sure what's better, <laughs> his saves or his celebrations afterwards because they're, they're quite incredible. Yeah. And... Uh, there's a lot of video editors out there licking their lips. Yep. Looking at him making it to the final and some of the saves he made. But maybe we should move on now to the All-Star team, I think. Huh? You want to talk about the bronze medal game? Do we? I think we have to give the bronze medal game a bit of time. It was a good game. Yeah. It was a good game. Yeah. It was a fantastic uh, game. I, uh, extra time. Is that, I was a, yeah. I, the thing is, though, when it's extra time in the first game, you're like, ah, it'll be a long day. <laughs> so I felt like automatically I saw the message from... Thomas Schulach from the head of the EHF media is like, if this is a draw, final is pushed back to 1815. Like, oh, gonna be late. And here we are at 1035. We're still going. So yeah. you're really cheering for Ekberg as well in the last second. Oh yeah. Just no, so you no, could no. finish up no, your day. <laughs> no, no, no. That was I mean, what more can you ask for? As like to wrap it up. Like literally, this is it. One shot. Nothing else can happen afterwards. Golden goal, score it, you win it. Amazing. Dream yeah. for in that scenario. Um, yeah, Gietzel, sad, really sad. Goes back, um, uh, returning from the missed shot in the first minute and goes over on his own. Uh, it's not, I don't think it's fair to speculate on anything, but uh, from what Nikolai Jakobsen said, the early reports without any kind of scans is not good. So... That is that is really sad way for him to end the uh, championship. He did have a smile though when he when he picked up the bronze medal on his crutches. Um, what did you think of Denmark, Alex? I think they really uh, kind of stood up uh, again. Jakob Holm had uh, another fantastic game, um, even though he did uh, kind of get ahead of himself a little bit in that second half, and that's when France really got into it and. Um, almost ran away, but it, it was exciting. And just France know how to play a dramatic game. You know, it's a, the, they don't give away an easy win. Yeah. But right now, they're not good enough to just blow out teams. So it's every game with France is just really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> turns into an absolute scrap every yeah. time. It, it's, uh, yeah, well, I, I just, I mean, after the game, they, I think, I mean, it's one thing losing a final, but it, with, with hindsight... And a few days removed, you think, oh, well, we came second. But when you lose a bronze medal match, I think there's very little you can take away from mm. that. And I think you could see that, especially Kant on my after the game. I mean, he was slumped over 
behind outside the dressing room, just yeah. hands on knees. What a game head, from him, though. Headed. Yeah, I mean, you, you really felt sorry for him. Mm. He really had an amazing Swiss Army Knife performance. And uh, a hint. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I, that, was, that was tough on him, coming back after being out for so many days and watching the boys from, yeah. from his room. And then, yeah, the, he, was, he was great, but it just uh, kind of felt like they were lacking something maybe in the backcourt a bit. My big takeaway uh, for Denmark is... See what using a squad does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nikolai. <laughs> like uh, it was, there was a perfect example of that. Aaron Manson came in. What a oh, that sh- that shot he has! Like, yeah, he was three from seven, but still, like he. That's they're the kind of people you need to just throw on and scare the living daylights out of the opposition. You know, every in both halves he came on. Missed the first shot. Like hit the post of the crossbar. Second one went in mm. after that. Um, but the main thing is they use those players and then in extra time they were able to bring on Rasmus Lauga who played the first, whatever, 11 minutes, nothing else after that and was ready to go, scored three goals in extra time. Is it fa- it's fair to say that he made a mistake in the last, that now it's all said and done that mm. that was a mistake not beating France? Yeah. Alex, 100% Absolutely. a mistake, yeah? yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. If not for that, we might have had a Sweden-Iceland final today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Denmark-Iceland final. Anyway. But it's, it's really incredible, right, that every team who played in the final weekend, um, even including Iceland and Norway, I think, could have won this championship. It would have been, every game would have still been just as close. It would have been within one goal. Um, would have been just as exciting. There's a lot of depth in the world it, right now. And yeah, not even that, but you look at Norway must be sitting at home going. Sm- having smacked Spain. Uh, yeah, and then also like, yeah. and then also having been better for, than, than Sweden for about 50 yeah. minutes and thinking we threw that away. We, we could have, yeah. we were dominating Sweden. You think and then, about what Norway, think, think about what Czech Republic are thinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> like we could have knocked them out before it even started. <laughs> and then Russia yeah, thinking we'd be, we'd, we'd be Norway. Draw with Czech Republic. <laughs> matches. Czech Republic had a a counter-attack which they fluffed up to win the game and knock Sweden out. Them's the margins. Um, Yeah, congratulations. That that was a a quote from Jim Gutfredson um, after the semi-final that there's just such fine margins between heaven and hell. Mm. And I think that has been the definition of Sweden's tournament. Yeah, that was on Strike Spiller. God, heaven tastes good, doesn't it though? Sure does. I bet, I bet those heavenly pints are tasting really good right now. Uh, yeah, they were blaring some sort of uh, very, very dodgy techno from the, from the dressing room when I was walking past before I left. All right. Well, our, I leave Walter Grintz on the, oh on the mic there. In the nip. In the nip. <laughs> yeah. so our producer's just been given a beer now, so I think uh, it's time to move on. <laughs> for the <laughs> so before we go into the real awards, time for the all-star team. Uh, should we run through it quickly? There it is on the screen. Well done. That's good. So in goal, Victor Halgrimsson. At least one of us had him, right? I did, yeah. Yeah. I think this is the key thing. If at least one of us had them in it, then we did well. Uh, or we had some kind of influence as it's a fan vote. Uh, Milos Vujovic, left wing. Well done. Your man. Miguel Hansen, left back. Alex went for him. Luke Steins, centre-back. Happy days, a couple of us went for him. Uh, Matthias Giesel, right back, as predicted. 
by me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Gomez, neither. Oh, we didn't have him. But he really, he came to life in the semifinals, didn't he? He did, yeah. Alex he did Gomez. an incredible semifinal. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was the, the key thing for him. Um, Johannes Gola at line. Mm. Was, um, yeah, no, none of us had him. He, had a, he was really good, though. I, I, ha- I had him. Did you? You did. You yeah. did. Well done, Alex. Uh, Oscar Bergendahl, defender. Yes. We didn't go for an MVP at the time, but we did give MVP predictions before the championship. And you had Ben Sabanidi. <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah, I did. But just talk about Oscar there for a second. Yeah. He's a defender, isn't he? He's a defender who... He scored a lot of goals today, didn't he? He happened to be the joint top scorer. So, the top no. scorer from open play. If you're watching on last stream, my theory about defenders is Correct. they're only good when they score loads of goals. Otherwise, <laughs> we can forget about them. If you, to, um, if you had to invite one position to house parties, though, yeah. you only invite one. You'd probably invite defenders, though, actually. They're very nice people. Yeah. Straight up. Think about them. All the characters who are just defenders. They're actually lovely lads. The last people you want to invite are the wingers because they they're, would never calm down. Anyway, move on. Yeah, <laughs> on. Um, also, your boy, uh, Seaman Health, continued yeah. his 100%, didn't he, until the end? True. Mr. 100. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Jim Gottfriedson, MVP. And yeah, I think that's a solid decision in the end, based on, particularly based on the semi-final. And today, stats-wise, didn't look amazing, but he got the job done. And the top scorer was Omar Ingi Magnusson, 59 goals. Snatching it away from Kai Smits, who probably would have got it. Probably, yeah. If not for COVID. So, any thoughts on the All-Star team before we move on? I generally like it. I mean, I'm not uh, fully sure about... But it's a fan vote in the end, so... Yeah. You're all to blame at home. But it's, it's a funny one. We, we kind of talk about it, and, and there's been some chat about how, you know, should you select a team really early or kind of before the semifinals or do you wait until the end but there's actually pros and cons on both sides because um a lot of people had oscar bergendahl as their top line player and he you know he was non-existent until maybe the last game or the last two games of the main round and even though he's been incredible he's had an incredible end of tournament um do you purely reward that or do you reward someone who's just been very good for a whole tournament so it's always difficult so yeah. i think this has been a, a good mix um either way yeah. I, I can't help but feel though the last few games do have a little bit more emphasis than someone who played really well in the preliminary rounds when the, the big teams aren't really that bothered sometimes then if you have an unbelievable semi-final and final i think that just in my books anyway means a little bit more it's like in the prediction league mm-hmm. where the bonus ball value happens to go up as the championship mm-hmm. goes on and actually oh. i would like a quick reference to that because oh, no. before we before we go into the big thing because uh, I, I made a i made a huge comeback yeah i was uh well not on you chris but after <laughs> missing a couple of rounds i uh I, I didn't think I, I would catch up to Brian, but... Uh, well, no, I forgot to put in my steadily. last two predictions, so there you go, that's why you caught up to me, so... Had I put them in? Oh, we, my God. We, we were, we were um, I think, three points apart going into the last uh, two predictions. So I'd made the comeback already. Okay, um, okay. But... So we, so we have uh, we have Brian in the Unreformed Handball Hour League with a massive... 37 participants. Brian in 25th. 
With 235 points. With nine games missing. That used Irrelevant. To yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. You, only, yeah you know, <laughs> if you don't, uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Barca Kulash, Alex, 19th, 259 points. And then, thank, I went for, in the final game, I went for a one-goal win for Sweden, which gave me 40 points with the bonus ball. And put me up to sixth place. 322 points. Joshua is the winner with 353 points. Congratulations, Joshua. He also, I think he tweeted us midway through the championship and he's held on to his lead. So well done to Joshua. Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, when you consider the overall as well, let me see here. The overall winner was 386. I was, I was 63rd in the world. Um, in a dramatic ending to the EHF media one, which Bjorn Patson was Great. running away with. This is important. It's not important at all. It's really important. Nobody <laughs> no, no, cares about this. this. <laughs> I, I really it's feel really like important. it's time to get into it's, the war. It's famous. We move on. It's, 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 because, it's because I won the EHF media one. <laughs> anyway, go on. On to the awards. Chris, he, he walks into the media room after the game, right, after the final, and all these people are giving him a round of applause. And I go, oh, congratulations, Chris, on commentating so many games. And they're like, no, no, Brian. No, no. No, they're, they're, they're congratulating me on winning the league. And I was like, oh, Christ. Now, that, it, <laughs> <laughs> that was just Bjorn. Bjorn said congratulations. Everyone else gave the applause for the, the performance. Oh. Bjorn's was purely about the league. That was the first message I saw after full time. It was not anything about the game. It was Bjorn Patson saying congratulations. He who laughs last laughs loudest. Yeah. So both of you like the All-Star team, if you're going to say like yes or no. Yeah, you yes. both like it. Okay. Yeah. If it was a club yes. team, what club would it be? Can we get back on screen for a second? Is that possible? Clemens? Oh, I know. With three players, it would be Giogi. <laughs> True. <laughs> it would be it would be Giogi if they had a bit more uh, money. A bit more money, basically. It's what Alborg and Colsta would like to be. Yeah. Yeah. Giogi plus friends. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay, so we should so move time on for the awards. Time for time for the real Let's awards. Huh? The awards. Here we fucking so, go. Oh, I spent hours thinking here, about this. Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Every year we give our alternative awards uh, to really commemorate some of the players that really have uh, shown some outstanding traits that may not have been noticed by the traditional all-star team or top score awards. So uh, we have a number of awards to get through, uh, starting with um, a favorite of ours, the Swiss Army Knife. Yo! Oh. So will I give the description or just... I, you go for it, Alex. Yeah, you lead the way here. So Swiss Army Knife is a player that just, he can do everything. He'll probably attack, he'll defend, he'll do something more. He may not be the best player on the team, but he's the player who just does so much for a team, um, but may not be the best player on the team. So who did you have as your Swiss Army Knife this year? Let me go first. Well, I went for, because I'm a man of, uh, the of very recent history, 
and very recent history is the game I just saw two games ago, which was the bronze medal match. So I went for Kent Mahé again to retain his title. And Kent Mahé here has a German flag for some reason, um, even though he's from France. <laughs> to be fair, he is actually German. No, he, no, he, he, what? he can't speak German though. He does have a German. I know, he's, he was born in Germany. He doesn't yeah. make him... Uh, born G- in Germany, right? Lads, played for Germany. Lads, Jesus was born in a stable. It does not make him a horse. True. Same for Cantamahe, same for me being born in England. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Lovely Frenchman, Kent Cantamahe, gets my uh, vote for, for Swiss Army Knife. I think he deserved it today after that performance, and he deserved, he deserved also a bronze medal. So, so, so uh, versatile that he can also play for Germany, it seems. Exactly, yeah. yeah. True Swiss Army Knife. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you went for Andres Palika. Yeah. Please funny, explain to me. Please yeah. explain to me what. Uh, it's, it's wait, no, wait, 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 he, wait, yeah, so he's a goalkeeper. Yeah. What other skills does he do, lads? Does he have? Yeah, first of all, I was thinking. <laughs> uh, first of all, I was thinking how like this is inherently uh, an award which excludes the goalkeepers, right? So I was like, how do I? How do it's I? Because they're completely specialists. No, because lads. <laughs> after twenty minutes of the semi-final, he was. The top scorer in the game <laughs> with three goals, <laughs> right? Now, I, I, bear with me here, right? Bear with me. Uh, we are uh, bearing with you, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> trying. We're really barren. He is, he is a goalkeeper. He's a yeah. brilliant goalkeeper. Top of the list. He said, he said, yeah, himself, in a, he said himself in, a re, in an interview this weekend, he, but he is 30% goalkeeper, 70% emotions. Right. Other goalkeepers have emotions as well, Chris. Right. Uh, if you're not convincing me at <laughs> three all, three goals in the semi-final, a goal again today. Right, hundred percent shooting record in the final weekend with four goals. That probably puts him in the top, like I don't know, sixty percent of goal scorers this final weekend. And his athleticism could probably see him qualify for the Olympics for some kind of Pacific nation. Uh, so yeah, that's it. I, and he's a leader. So, so you're telling me he's a leader on and off the court. There was a time. What came into my head is in the semi-final. The way he was so pumped up, I was like, you could actually put him on the line, and he would do a job for you right now. That's all I've got. <laughs> I'm not going to so, win this one. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to win this one. Swiss Army knife is just like a really good knife, and then like the nail file that comes out as well. Yeah, but that's a Swiss Army it's knife. Not, not, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, but a few, it's a knife. Yeah, but I mean, knife and a nail file. I mean, he's got a, he's got a few, he's got a few, he's got the corkscrew as well. Yeah. When you talk, when you talk about the goals, I, I bow, I bow. When you talk about the goals he scored yeah. as well, he wasn't scoring spin shots and going to do an arm swings on people. He scored a couple of different types of goals. Did he? All, yeah. all, all, all full court shots. Yeah. One time, one time, one time, Van Saint-Gerard got a touch on it. It wasn't enough to keep it out. That, oh, that was great, actually. Yeah, that was very good. Lads, I, like, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you said, shit, Chris is right on this. No, you're definitely in last position already. <laughs> Alex, uh, Alex, Alex, Gomez. Alex Gomez. Alex Gomez is the Swiss Army Knife of the tournament. And I tried to, I listened back to her uh, award show last Euros and I tried to push for Blasi Ants push me away. Because I, I want to tell you that, you know, what Alex Gomez does is so much more than a normal winger. You know, think of the many wingers in this competition who basically run up and down the court, finish on the wing, get a few fast breaks. That's a good winger. Alex Gomez is the best defender as a winger. 
the amount of steals he gets, the amount of tackles he does on that number two defender. He is incredible at running in and the defense on fast breaks and within the game and finishes extremely well as a line player. You know, there's a lot of wings they run in, but then they can't really finish. Alex Gomez always does. He's an incredibly good penalty taker. Mm-hmm. He, he can do trick shots. He can do the normal shot. He can go for power. He can roll it under. He can do everything. Wait, what's the normal shot? Knife. Just, you know, up, out of left. <laughs> or for him, probably. So, right. Swiss Army I, knife. Alex I think actually, I think Alex won that. Yeah, actually, there's not much of a... I mean, I was hoping I would get some kind of rogue support for Palika from one of you, but... No, that was actually disgraceful. For your standards, Chris, that was really bad. <laughs> I, I believe, actually, I, I know we put Kanta Mahé there. I, I'm pretty sure two years ago, Christian O'Sullivan won it. And three years ago, it was Kanta Mahé. Uh, anyway, I remember I won the Christian O'Sullivan oh, debate with you last true. time. So I'm happy to bow out in this one. Alex Gomez is a great one. Well done, Alex. So up next, what do we have? Mr. Clemens, let's move on here. Always, always putting in the little... Oh, lovely, it's gone again. Okay. <laughs> it's late at night. Let's not. Let's move on. The butter oh, knife. Butter knife. Alex, take us through it. Oh, that's that's your favorite one. Uh, fine. Yeah. Got to give your. I love the graphics here. Because yeah. I was a bit like that as a player, wasn't I? I was just could jump high and throw the ball hard. That's all I could do. Thing. You know, yeah. oh. Explain it. So one one very good. What they do one thing very very well. Like a butter knife can only butter, uh, butter on, right. Yeah, they, they have an extremely good skill. So if you're in front of you, you don't want a fancy steak knife. You want a butter knife. And there's extreme to that. But you don't really want a butter knife in many other situations. Yeah. So a specialist player. I, I'm going to try and redeem myself here. Uh, with I'm going first there. Tobias Reichman and his loop-de-loop wing shot. Because you know what? He's not actually that good a penalty taker. And his, he has one move in handball, which still somehow he's very good at it. But it's the jump shot from the right wing, loops the arm around, makes the goalkeeper move one way, and then he places it past him. That's, if you think about Tobias Reichman, you don't think, besides the hair, you don't think of anything else except that move. And he reproduced it at this championship. It was great to see him back, and that's what he's there for. I mean, if, if you sign him, if some Kuwaiti club wants to sign him in a couple of years, they can just bring him out at halftime and do that. You know, everyone will come to see the Reichman. Yeah, they'll just call it the Reichman. The Reichman spin. Yeah. Kai Smith as a butter knife is a little harsh, I think. That is, that is very a terrible harsh. decision. So, harsh. so, like, I think a butter knife can still... Uh, you've gone over with a very specific definition of butter knife, and I, I do like... But the your, one which you gave us. Because everyone... <laughs> <laughs> but everyone knows that uh, that Reichman move. But Kai Smiths is the top scorer in the champ, or he was the top scorer in championship. Best. He got forty-five goals. He got eight assists. That is, you know, that's basically just over one assist a game. So he's not he's not going to assist Finisher. anything. Exactly, and that is his amazing skill. He doesn't defend. He doesn't assist. He's a backcourt player who doesn't pass and doesn't defend, 
all he does is receive up the ball at speed and destroy the defender in front of him and score. And he I, doesn't, you know, he doesn't jump shoot. He doesn't I, jump shoot. Uh, he all was? he does is go one on. Nah, uh, he, come he on. Yeah, you gotta bit. get out of here. Come on. But, well, oh know, my God. You say, have you watched Kai Smith's? Doesn't jump yeah, shoot. Does the most jump. amazing thing is that he's our height and he still jump shoots. He, Your height, he, Chris. Mostly. He mostly what? Finish up your point here. You, you, you can see where I'm going because no. he is an incredible player, but main skill that he's extremely good at yeah. is receiving the ball at speed and finishing. I, I, I'll give, it, I'll give you that. But, I mean, it would be an insult to both the player and the award if he got that. It would be. And that's why, I don't want to be arrogant now, but I've taken the definition of the butter knife is Harold Rankind. And I think when you think of a butter knife, I'd say he only has butter knives at home, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> and he has this move where he fakes out to the right, comes into the middle and shoots. And he does that all the time. And does it work against the top teams? Not really. But will it work against Bosnia-Herzegovina? Yes, and you score eight goals against Bosnia-Herzegovina. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a good defender? He's okay. Yeah. But he has one move, which he does really well, which he probably learned when he was 13. Fake out, come in, and shoot. And he does that every yeah. single time. He said it doesn't work against good teams, didn't he? He scored like six from six against the now champions. I said not always. Okay. Yeah, not always. He does have, a, does have the odd good game against big yeah. teams as well. He can, he can, he can step up. It's a good call. That's a good call. I think it's between uh, Reichman and, and Reinkind. And because, Alex, in this case, you chose the worst one, you decide the winner. Oh, that's a, that's right? a really tough yeah. one. It's, it's, it's just how specific we're going to get with this award. Because I think, Chris, you are right. Tobias Reichman really can only do that one move. But I feel like he wasn't as big a part of this championship as Reinkind who also has one move. So I'll pick uh, Harold Rankin, even though he is much better than just that one move. Um, I th- I'll go with him. It's closer right. to my pick of Kai Smith's than... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Picking the winner based on his own pick. Uh, no, I shouldn't have offended you as your pick before asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> Have we got the Swiss Cheese Award next? We do. Swiss cheese award. <laughs> oh, well, Which... I'm really glad that this is. Was he the last winner, Vincent Girard? Oh dear. All right. Well, that was. It wasn't the the. Oh, the yeah, world championship was it? In the world championship, but um. Oh. Swiss cheese is for the worst defender as a player, the worst team defensive performance, or the worst defensive action. So it's it's anything across those line uh, that constitutes as the Swiss Cheese Award. So um, I think uh, we have to see the nominees here. I think let's see the nominees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, three variations of the exact same thing. <laughs> oh. I think this is the first time in history that we've actually... We've agreed so fully on something, but found variations on the on the rule. So, I'm get, Alex, you went for Nicola Tourna. I went for Nicola Tourna, and I've talk, mm. talked about this in the championship. He's an incredible attacking player, but he is a terrible defender. He gets rinsed inside out so during the game. He doesn't really play in defense for his club. 
he's been forced to play in defence in this tournament with friend, the French team losing a couple of their centre blocks and he has just had a very poor defensive performance across the whole tournament. So he is my Swiss cheese award. I went for Gerard, which is yeah tough, but I do when when Gerard plays well, he's the best keeper in the world in that game. Um, but when he doesn't play well, it's like he won a prize to play to goalkeeper that day for France, and uh, he had he only had he had two of those days, right? Yeah, but two very important days, yeah. you could say. And I think he you need your keeper to be a bit like more like. Felica. It doesn't matter what happens in preliminary rounds, but when it really matters, you need to step up, especially in semi-finals. And he's got a little bit of a reputation now for semi-finals, even though he did play really well in the last the Olympics. Olympics yeah. But he has got a bit of a problem with when it comes to maybe not finals, so say, but semi-finals. I tried to be uh, less harsh in this by by pairing them together, and it was based on one performance. It was the French goalkeeping duo in the semi-finals because Gerard. 11% with three saves. Pardan, 11% with one save, which makes 11%. And it's not the first time. In fact, it's the second time in two years that that's happened in the semifinal. I think, the reason, I, I think it's a super specific time it happened for them, and I think that's why it's so fitting, because it is a performance and a, a whole event. You could really throw the defenders and the likes of Tournai into that as well, because the whole centre block got torn apart in uh, in that game so that's why i went for the semi-final there's also just i i do have a theory about it because during the olympics so um dan san gerard had an incredible tournament really saved france um i think desbonet was the second goalkeeper mm. but the two last semi-finals we've seen for france with the pairing of Gerard and Pardan. That has been a disaster. So maybe there's just something about this pairing of the two of them that causes this disaster. So um, I, I like your view on it. So we're, we're kind of expanding from Gerard on his own. Yeah. It, it's, it's deeper than that. It, it's the full French. He was, br- he was brilliant today in the, in the bronze medal game. So it was. It's hard to be. I think it would be too harsh to give it to him again. We like Vincent Girard. Yeah, right? we do. So I think it's either Tona or the team. Are you willing to give in here, Alex? <laughs> like, we don't like to give the award to the same person in a, in a consecutive uh, years. Um, you want to avoid the goalkeeper pair completely? I, I think it's still the best one, even though Nicolas Turner has been an absolute stinky French brie in defence <laughs> <laughs> alright there you go yeah France goalkeeper duo in the semi-finals gets the Swiss cheese award next up it's our favourite the Adriel Sipos award for excellence in shithousery Alex take us through it this is one of our favourite awards uh, an award that was named by you Chris um, in honour of our favorite shithouser, Adrian. That, that picture is so well so done, good. Clement. <laughs> it's just that picture really, really tells you everything you need to know about this award. It's not just, it, this is more than just bad discipline. It's not the player who's received the most uh, red cards or um, two minutes. It's a player who really went out there and tried to hurt people. 
And looking at that picture, you know that Adrian Chipos really tried to hurt Calicanti, and he does it so many times. Um, and so another aspect <laughs> is the the getting away with it, which we spoke, which was a key factor yes. last time, because it's not just about the person with the worst disciplinary record, but it's also people who who try shit, are sneaky about it, and often get away with it. And that is a, a good aspect in this. The Alexi Borges one. What was the example last time, Alex? Do you remember? I think it was a really good example of why he won it in the end. Yeah, so basically you need to get a red card to qualify. So that was in the World Championships, which had a lot more games and a lot more red cards. So there was kind of, you need to have a bad disciplinary record to qualify, but you can't necessarily be the worst in it. So you have to get away with a few things. You have to still get away with a few things. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, well, I just want to before that, you know, to like in honor, unless unless either of you have gone. Just to clarify, neither of you have gone for Adrian Sipos, right? No. So I I didn't go for him. We haven't nominated him because you know he could really win it every year. Um, that wouldn't make this award any fun. That's, so yeah. I just want to give have two to honor his there. performance. Yeah, I want to give two yeah. examples of Adrian Sipos uh, just to, to further prove why it's named after him. Uh, he got a red card in the first game, in which they lost to the Netherlands, and got a red card in the final game with the third two minute suspension happening four minutes before the end in a brilliant shit house move. Where he's like, I don't fancy being here at the end when 20,000 people are really disappointed in us. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> so I think that was pure. That was, that was genius. Yeah. And he got seven two minutes in three games. Really almost the maximum you can get. So uh, a really impressive performance from Adrian Schipos in Schithausen. Okay, so guys, who did you go for? Well, I didn't look at the disciplinary record for my guy. I, I, made my, I set my stance early here, so I'm going to see if he actually had a bad disciplinary record. But I don't think he needs it for my guy to, to, be, to qualify here. And actually, somebody agrees with me. Uh, all right, so, yeah, who, so who went for Gerard? I went for Van Zandt Gerard. Okay. Because I noticed something um, as the tournament's gone on. Van Zandt Gerard, and I don't want to keep shitting on on Gerard because we've done enough of that. But um, he did get a red card. Um, that was down to the other player nominated, which is Milos Vujovic. Um, red card. But Van Zandt Gerard really likes running out and intercepting balls and is really bad at it. So <laughs> in, he got a two minutes in the bronze medal game where he ran out and uh, the Danish player got the ball on the line trip, yeah. on a fast break. Sexer got it on the line, and Vanser Gerard just tackled him from behind. He just hugged him like a linebacker tackle. It's like, what are you doing? He, he, should, he should qualify for the Swiss uh, Swiss Army knife for that move. That was hilarious. That was a so really that was that, really good. And he does. I, I do notice Vanser Gerard also does like to step out that extra, maybe half a meter on a uh, fast break shot when a player is. Uh, jumping towards him, and he'll kick out a foot. And if it hits someone in the face, oh, that's just unlucky. So um, <laughs> there's a lot of shithousery too about Gerard. All right, you give uh, you give your side of the Vujovic story here, like, uh, Brian. Well, I mean, we've talked about it a few times now, and I think it for me, it's I was leaning in heavy on the aspect of him 
kind of getting away with things. And it was in the game against France when Gerard, <laughs> who was also on the list, got that red card. <laughs> and uh, his dive, first of all, was one thing. And then we've talked about loads of times before as well. His post-match interviews, mm. and then also in that game itself, I felt like after the, the Gerard got that red card, as you said, I felt the next thing he was going to do was hit the keeper in yeah. the face of the ball. And we said that completely. I was in, I was in, in uh, Bratislava at the time, and we said the exact same thing in the room. We were watching that live. We're like, he's going to do that. He's going to, he had the penalty directly afterwards. He's going to hit... Uh, Pardon, right in the head, a headshot next. I was thinking, when people are saying that in the room, you're like, this guy is the original shithouser. And not only, it's because in like a minute later in the counterattack, he actually did one of those moves where, oh no, maybe I fall into Pardon's leg and break it. Yeah. And then, oh no, France won't have a goalkeeper. Oh. It wasn't the fr- he he does it all the time. The way he the way he plays, he's always looking for that little dirty edge. The way he defends, the way he attacks, and then his post match interviews and the way he behaves so like peacefully and like I would first of all I would like to congratulate the other team mm. on their win. It's that is the, uh, the it is it screams shit it to me. It's a hard one because we can't split this because we went for the same one and then Alex yeah. went for Gerard. So I think maybe. Clemens uh, has to give up. I, I also just agree on, agree on uh, Milosevic. Clemens <laughs> yeah. decided for us. <laughs> it's, a, it's an easy one. Yeah. yeah. That's a good I like the Gerard call, though. It well was good, done. yeah. I enjoyed it that. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to see uh, Vujovic's uh, disciplinary stats here. If uh, Sipos is third highest. After three games. Yeah. Three games. Uh, yeah. Cheap. <laughs> There's also, I, I do want to give a, an honorary mention to uh, Vyacheslav Bochan, who, while he doesn't really qualify for the award because he hurts people but doesn't mean to, but he really hurt a lot of people in this tournament in a very small amount of time. Uh, one red card, I think four or two minutes. I'm not, sure. Nice. I'm not sure if Vyacheslav really did it. Oh, he has only three two-minute suspensions. Which says a lot about him getting away with stuff, you know? Anyway, yep. I think yeah, his overall behavior is, uh, is worthy of it. Congratulations to Milos Vujovic on the award. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I foresee a battle for the next few years between the two of them for supremacy <laughs> in this area. Uh, Random Rocket is up next. This will be an interesting one. Random so Rocket. The Random Rocket. One. It's a player who... Um, just unleashes a huge shot once in a while. That's that's kind of it. it it's it's uh, sometimes unexpected. You know, it's not usually the really big shooters that we're talking about here, but someone with a bit of power in their shoulder. Good. Shall we look at the nominees? Just before we, we go into this, uh, I would like to also nominate myself for a special mention here. Oh my God. For the Kinexon, we go again. Kinexon video where there was the most random of rockets, 123.9 kilometers. Uh, after a series clock. of 100 kilometer shots, I think uh, exposing flaws in the Kinexon and eyeball system, which uh, should be figured out. So I definitely cannot do that. 
uh, 110 at best, I'd say, on a, on a very good day. So, two Norwegians and a Swede. Alex, Carl Valenius. Uh, he, he is the random rocket, easily. A player who barely played in the tournament. He had two shots that were both misses. Then in the final, he came on for about two minutes, didn't even get a shot off. But in a crucial semi-final, he came on, took flight from nine meters, and hadoosh, four times. <laughs> yeah. Four from four, big win for Sweden. Just We, we may never see him again. Ah, we well. probably will because he's a great player. <laughs> he's a really good player. <laughs> That's not an aspect <laughs> of this it, random rocket award. You just never see these players again. <laughs> they pop up, score two well, goals. Joe Ferraz. Joe Ferraz. Joe Ferraz was a, a previous winner. And where is yeah. he? Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Maybe that should be an aspect to it. They're kind of aloof. Uh, but then Carvalini, I mean, he just moved to Montpellier. He's got a very bright future. We're clearly a very good player. Um, we went for different. We went. For they were random in terms of their appearance, both playing for Morse T, yeah. like became star players in the Norwegian team. Um, Eric Toft. I mean, if if Carl was a badouche, I think Eric Toft was a baboom when he popped up. I didn't know who he was. I was like, who's this Toft guy? He's going to be absolute. He's going to be useless. Like you know, there's only some. There's only a few good Tofts in the world. And I've never even heard of him before. And he didn't look like a young lad either. So I was like, this guy's going to be an absolute squad player. And then he would just pop up and he really surprised me. And then some of his shots were just like, where is this guy come from? And in fairness, I think he's he probably, he was more rocket than random because mm. he did play very well. And there was a lot of rockets in there. Yeah. But I think I was just surprised by the rocketness and him as a, and him being so random. <laughs> so I've, <laughs> I've kind of twisted the, the narrative playing, playing yeah. with the narrative a little yeah. bit here, but. And well, yeah, you went. I went for a more literal one in this sense with Sander Erviade, who was so similar in, in many ways, mm. but he wasn't as powerful. But then he actually did produce random rockets at different points and like scored from the most ridiculous angles as well with really good shots. And you, I, I began to expect it from Toft, but never expected it from Erviade, which is why I gave him the uh, the award. I the nomination. <laughs> I think three good three good choices mm. here, and I, I I think I'm probably actually leaning towards Carl. Actually, I think Alex set it up nicely. What he did in the semi final was as random as you can get. Yeah, so let's give it to Carl. Yeah, it's as random and as rocket because they were all nine meter shots. So um, congratulations, congratulations, Carl. Carl. Yeah. Never see you again, seemingly. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that becomes a curse now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, random rocket, Carl Valinius. Breakout player. I, yeah, there's a couple of really good options here for yeah. this one. Um, I don't know who mine is going to be because I gave one and then I was like, okay, but maybe someone else will give it. So if they do, I'll go for this player to mix it up a little bit. Well, I went for Yaya Omar because... <laughs> <laughs> like Breakout player, um, four years running. I actually told him that story oh, yeah. last night. Oh? Yeah. Did, met, you, did you like it? Out with Yaya Omar. And mentioned to him that uh, a colleague on the podcast for three years in a row has predicted him as the like the breakout player, <laughs> and you know he, he enjoyed that. Yohi uh, Omar, by the way, really nice guy, future podcast guest. But you went for? Um, I can't remember. Um, I need a graphic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went for. I, I went. 
I went for um, Danny Byens. Because mm. I went kind of a real breakout from a player that kind of probably not many people have heard of. You know, with, with this Dutch team, we heard of French. Steins and Smits. They played much, you know, they played really well. And Danny Byens is <laughs> French. And you, Alex, you went for a French Danny Byens. I went for the Dutch one that everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> My one hasn't broken out yet. I just can't. I can't wait. Like, oh, this makes, people who are listening to this on the podcast only, this will make no sense. Oh, no, yeah. But uh, you're going to have to go and watch the, the live stream on Twitch. Uh, as as Clements has a panic attack here in the background, sweating through that jumper trying to fix the graphics. Had an incredible, he had an incredible story because he went from the first Bundesliga down to um, the second Bundesliga to get some uh, <laughs> to get some more minutes, and um, he had an incredible tournament. He well, had a lot of goals and assists. He at at a point he was third overall in combined goal and assists um kind of towards the end of the main round so out of nowhere hopefully he gets a big contract coming out of this yeah. tin lucin is a very good one as well but i feel like tin yeah. lucin if there was a ca- category best young player he's only 21 i think i'd probably give it to him uh there was a lot of good young breakout players in this championship mm-hmm. like no, for every like uh, Radoicha Cepic is another one for Montenegro. He's only 19, playing for Celia, like the perfect place for a young playmaker. He's going to be huge. I also had Emerick Mean in there because even like he's a, been yeah, around a while, but he, it's been a breakout yeah. championship for him as a. Some of the Swedes player. as well. Yeah. Carl Valinius. Yeah, I think Oscar Bergendahl, Bergendahl has to be a huge breakout player. Yeah. Um, um, kind of the star of the final weekend. But the, the person I kept, like every single time when. Because there was a lot of these player intros in the games, in the commentary. Mm-hmm. So every player is brought in for the first time ever. So I had to talk about it, play, every player every time. Unless I really didn't know. Then I kind of talked about the team for a while until, ah, and there is Dmitry Zhitnikov. <laughs> but <laughs> Tin Luchin, every single time, it was like a real, like for me, breakout star of the championship. Um, so I, although both of us waxed lyrical about him, in the all-star team chat i just had to put him in there but i think if if you're doubling up on danny Bynes here i think uh, i can bow to that i think just for oh we've changed it oh look wow that's good editing now uh i was going to say we go for the dutch danny Bynes, but they're both dutch now so congratulations danny Bynes, on winning the breakout player award and we hope you get a a contract in the bundesliga once again or costa or costa yes because he did play in lemgo for a while didn't he we did. All right. Super sub, Alex. Super sub is a new category and hopefully the last time we ever do this category um, because this has been a tournament of uh, really wide squads. Um, a lot of players have come in that probably didn't expect to even get a sniff of the tournament. Uh, a lot of players came in from their couch, um, from work. Uh, and really performed at a really high level. So um, we have to give one of them an award. Could have called this the Couch to 5K Award. <laughs> That's the, you know that thing you do running? But oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Super Sub is good. Who we got? <laughs> oh, I didn't expect that now from Alex. 
Julian Custer, Alex Kulash, hit us. Yeah, Julian Custer. He came out of nowhere. He's a young player playing for Gummersbach in the second Bundesliga, I believe. Um, outskirts of the squad. And then he, when he did come into the squad, he basically played every minute and was Germany's best player. Absolutely incredible performance. Really excited to see a lot more of him. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, he was, he was okay. But the story <laughs> of the tournament has to be Thijs van Leuven. You know? I mean, that's, they made, we made a video, whole video about him just for that story alone. He was at home at work, fifth or sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth even, choice goalkeeper. And uh, <laughs> pops up and not only had just one good game, had a few good games actually by the end of it. Also played very well against Croatia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was no fluke. And I'd say he's probably put himself up the list now Close, a lot closer anyway to being selected. I mean, he might not be first or second choice, but I'd say probably now he's third or fourth choice at least. Moved up, moved up two spaces. And that for me was the feel-good story of the tournament. And he defines the super sub because people didn't expect anything from him. Mm. And I know someone who I work with here, her dad coaches him in club level. And he wasn't expecting much from me either. So I think, <laughs> I think he, surprised, he surprised a lot of people, even his own coach. So that, I think, is the definition of super sub. Yeah, I, my original choice actually was Ice Van Leeuwen as well. Mm-hmm. Show you there and in brackets at Lucas Palace. Because in my definition, when I was thinking of super sub as well, it's like the guy who comes out of nowhere and has... A real, like a really short, meaningful impact. Mm. That is like when you bring on a, a sub in a game, uh, in this case, from out of the squad, and that's what Lucas Pellis did in the semi-final. Eight mm-hmm. goals mm-hmm. in the semi-final to, to help Sweden beat France and qualify. But I did also have a soft spot for Thijs van Leuven, and I think, for me, the defining factor here as well is the reason we even thought about this category is because of Thijs van Leuven. Uh, absolutely. He was on my list as well. But I did have to give Julian Custer yeah. some props. Y- yours was actually too good, Alex, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, he, he almost so that you, you forgot he was a sub. And yeah, he, he did become a starting but player he wasn't, in the team. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't in the squad. Um, I think yeah. Ty's fun. Doing. And hopefully this is the only time we ever do this award. So why not give it to the ultimate super sub story? There you, there you go. go. Congratulations, Tyson Levin. Um, that's it from the awards, right? Yeah, that concludes our awards now for this year. We'll go through the winners quickly, or can we? Let's can go you, through the remember? awards <laughs> quickly. Uh, Swiss Army Knife was Alex? Gomez. Alex Gomez. Uh, Butter Knife was, not Tobias Reichmann, it was? Harold Reinkind. Harold Reinkind. Uh, Swiss Cheese. French goalkeepers in the semi-final of the Euro. Adrian Sipos, Milos Vujovic. The uh, random rocket was Carl Valinius. The breakout star was... Danny Bayens. Danny Bayens. And the super sub, Thijs van Leuven. I think we, all, we had a nice spread among the three of our nominations there, so nobody will come away with this too uh, heavy-hearted. No. Uh, everyone would be happy. I think we, we found a good solution there. Nothing, there's no real like, I'm gonna kill you moments, which we almost got to a couple of years ago, I think, with the Swiss <laughs> Army knife. I think we actually had to pin down <laughs> Alex and say, say, say O'Sullivan, say O'Sullivan. <laughs> I, I just love a Swiss Army wing. 
I just love yeah. a Swiss Army wing. <laughs> I finally got my uh, my award in this year. Yeah, and next time we'll have a Swiss Army goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> that's it. For HF Euro 2022, it's almost half past 11 on Sunday night. And I think from the live streams from Twitch, from the podcast, this is it for the Euro, at least from us on the podcast side. Thank you for everyone who's uh, watched and listened over the last couple of weeks. We continue this on a regular basis every two weeks or so throughout the whole season. And uh, hopefully we'll be back in uh, regular form for the women's Euro as well. Before we say goodbye though, Alex Goulash, do you have any, fa- party, any farting words? <laughs> uh, I just, I really have to say how much I enjoyed this championship from my room. And uh, I ah. hope to never do that again. <laughs> Ryan, did you enjoy having Alex in his room? The time? <laughs> it's been really great seeing you again, Alex. And uh, we'll yeah, see we you the next year, I suppose, will we? <laughs> <laughs> see you on the internet next time. And a big shout out also to our producer, Clemens, who was uh, was working in the background there and, and stressed out today because we sent our um, our nominations for the awards so late. Yeah. I was actually sending them in the car on the way here. And he put those graphics together, so big shout out to Clemens. Congratulations, Clemens. Yeah, we, we, we finished as we began with making Clemens sweat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whether it's the internet or anything else. And those of you who just listened, you want to, uh, want to look at the Twitch streams just for that sake and also to subscribe to Twitch so Clemens can keep his job. Right, Clemens? Yes. <laughs> okay, thank you everyone for watching and listening. Uh, we'll be back again very shortly with another Uninformed Handball Hour podcast but from the EHF Euro 2022. Congratulations, Sweden. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.